Hey everybody, my name is Matt Pierce. I'm the learning video ambassador for TechSmith Corporation. Glad that you're all here with us on the Visual Lounge. We've got another fantastic show for you all today. We're gonna to be talking about writing helpful help. And you might be thinking, I'm not a technical writer. I don't write documentation or anything like that. That's okay because this really is for everybody because you have to communicate stuff you wanna help people, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do that, what I want to talk about is the TechSmith Academy real quick. TechSmith Academy, go to bit.ly slash Academy or academy.techsmith.com and you'll find a whole plethora of courses, including our new course that launched just, I think it was even last week with Michelle Wiedemer. She wrote how, Writing Helpful Help, which we're going to be talking about in today's show. It is an awesome course. Of course, if you, there's tons of other great courses out there too. You can go and watch, but do check it out because it's all free. It's a learning place to go learn about creating videos, images, writing, helpful help, job aids, things like that. We really just want to help you be successful with whatever it is that you do. Now, I want to introduce my, my, my guest today because uh, I actually first met Michelle. Uh, we exchanged some emails. She was writing a blog post about simplified user interface uh, or what we call SUI, which we'll talk about in a future episode. And just then we happened to be at a conference and a random breakfast meetup. We got to actually meet, which was really awesome because it opened up a lot of opportunities for us to talk and to get to know one another, as well as then to realize that she had a lot of great things to share. And we were able to work with her to bring that content to the TechSmith Academy. She is someone that I think is super smart and super thoughtful about the work she does. And she's got this really great grasp on how to create content that focuses and gets to right to the point. She doesn't use a lot of extra words when she doesn't need to, which I'm on the other side of that. I'm guilty of that. Uh, so she's our newest TechSmith Academy fellow. And like I said, she wrote the course, Writing Helpful Help. And go check it out right now. It's available. There's so many great resources, but it's going to help you decide what to write, how to make it look good, and how to make it easy to find, which... Honestly, we all need to know. So with that said, I would like to welcome Michelle to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for that great introduction. You are welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Michelle, uh, you know, I gave a little bit about what you've been doing for us and how we met, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of people you haven't met or haven't had a chance to be familiar with your work. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your your background that led you to this world of creating help and writing for customer education purposes. Sure. And it's kind of a long and convoluted story, so I'll try to make it brief. Um, I So I... I thought I wanted to be a teacher, and I talk about this in the course that I quickly found out that wasn't for me, and uh, I changed my major to English, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I'm good at writing, so I'll read some books and write about it and get that piece of paper, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, but the first job that I ended up with was in K-12 to um, I was working on a curriculum for teaching students to write. And it was it was where I really honed my writing skills. Um, but unfortunately, it was not well-funded, and so I didn't stay there. And um, from there, I went to, um, I wrote policy and procedure manuals for a big financial service company. I worked for a consulting company for a while, and they sent me on projects that mostly had to do with online help. And um, 
I went and worked for a software company for a little while. And then I went back to one of my clients. And then I did what we used to call CBT, which computer-based training, which we now call e-learning. And I kind of had this wide variety of experiences that um, I didn't really feel like I fit in one place very well. And then I left and I went and did the stay-at-home mom thing for a good long while. And I started freelancing because I didn't want to be completely irrelevant when I came back to work. And it ended up working out really well. So inertia kind of kept me there. And it's been 14 years now. But I quickly found um, early in that journey that my niche was writing user guides and online help. And those were the customers that kept coming back and that I felt that I had something useful to say. And so here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's amazing the journeys that we go on to to get to someplace. You know, all those experiences building on one another to lead you to mm-hmm. to something that you're you're really good at. And you know, there's definitely a need out there. Real quick before we we dive into more about the course, I, I think we should stop for a second and talk a little bit about customer educa- customer education because I'm not sure that everyone knows what that is. And I know the things we're going to talk about and the things in the course aren't going to just only apply to customer education, but I think that's the perspective you're coming from. So it'd be helpful for us to say, what is customer education? Sure, sure. And I had, you know, I had early on a user guide project that really didn't go well. And in sort of trying to fix that, this client said, well, I wanted a technical writer who's basically an engineer who could write. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not what I do. It's really more about what the customer needs and how do you make them, you know, how do you help them to make them be able to succeed? And so I kind of, I kind of knew I didn't fit in as a technical writer and I kind of knew I didn't fit in with that learning and development. Like let's make employees better. It was like, this is something different. And when I found the words customer education, I was so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, so this is it. This is what <laughs> I've been doing. I just didn't know to call it that. So customer education is really just that. It's helping that end user be successful and you know get the knowledge and skills and the motivation that they need to do whatever it is that the tool is about helping them do. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I've I've been on a kind of very parallel path that that you know creating tutorials for TechSmiths for a long time and started off in that very specific role and we just called it training. We had no idea that there was this other name for it. So it is. I think it's important for everyone just to know that like there are these people out there that are kind of this weird hybrid of roles, right? You're, you might be doing technical writing, you might be doing training, you might be doing marketing type kind of activities. Mm-hmm. That's what I found that I kind of, that Venn diagram, uh, you know, overlapping circles there that those things come into to a lot of play. Yeah. Which actually speaks, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm super interested in that intersection of help, you know, helpful content and training and kind of how can you have this baseline for you know, other kinds of material, be it training or marketing or, you know, even during the sales process, you know, how can you teach people what they need to know? Yeah. So, so for you uh, getting into kind of our questions here is, you know, this might seem like it's like a 
kind of a duh, obvious thing, but why should everyone know how to write helpful help? I mean, we talked about like as customer education, it makes a lot of sense, but like, it seems like there's a, a place for everyone to understand this. And, and what, what do you think? So when I first started thinking about this question, I thought, well, I'm not sure everybody needs to know how to write helpful help um, because I, there's this sort of attitude that I've run across quite a lot that, oh, anybody can write. Mm -hmm. And I know from my work on the K through 12 curriculum, you know, we were trying to teach kids how to write. It's not something that everybody's good at, but I think, you know, I've worked with a lot of SaaS companies, especially, and I think that what is important is knowing that you've got to be empathetic to what the customer needs and whether everybody needs to know how to do that. It's good to be able to communicate with your team, but when you're, when you're focusing that content on your end user, it really needs to be something that they can process and they can learn from. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I like that. Right. And I, uh, so, I, but I, I think it's a fair point, right. That, that maybe not everyone needs to do it, but I think yeah. everyone has a role in but communication. Absolutely. And written communication skills are so important. And I think that I break down some, some key points in the course that are good for any kind of written communication. It's not just a, how do I find the answer to this problem? It's really any kind of written communication. Yeah. And I think that that holds, you know, obviously a lot of the people at TechSmith that we talk to are doing um, more focused communication with their customers or with their internal audience. But, but absolutely it feels like, I mean, I'm thinking even outside my roles at TechSmith that how this course, as I go through it, helps me to understand, like just to tighten things up a little bit, to get those messages more clear, more useful. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about, because when we started talking about this course, you you had told me that you had a course in mind, like you had actually yep. started on this course. Let's walk back. What what initially was your thinking around? Why why is this such a need? Why did you want to make this course? Yep. And yes, actually, I had started this about three years ago and um, kind of was struggling with what what I wanted to achieve with it and where I wanted to put it. But the, I think the genesis was probably in the neighborhood of four, maybe five years ago, I had a user guide template that I put on my website. And it was really just something that I had used on a few project. And it was like a style guide plus. So it had all of the formatting already set up with headings and body styles and different things. But it also, the plus part was, well, here's how you might use this. Or, you know, if you have this scenario, then you might use this. And it, it was something that helped me on my projects. But I found, and especially the kinds of clients that I was working with, um, would often have programmers send me stuff that, you know, they were trying to write helpful help but it really wasn't helpful. It was really hard to dig through and find the key points that they are trying to get across. And so I started, I mean, it genuinely started almost with like a, a list of pet peeves. And then I, as I started kind of working on it and working through it, I was like, 
okay, wait a minute, there might actually be something useful here. It's not just a, me sort of getting these pet peeves off my mind. Um, so I really, I set aside a week and I just sort of outlined it out and started thinking through, you know, if I was going to teach somebody how to do what I do, here's what I would walk through. And it just sort of grew from there. Yeah. Well, we're, we're grateful that it did. And I, I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, people were giving you materials that weren't really helpful and I don't want to uh, pick on anyone because I know I've got my fair share of faults, but I'm curious if there are things that you see kind of regularly, like that happen, you know, people give you stuff and, and you just kind of know like, yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Um, I know it's hard to be very like general with those kind of things. Cause it's probably very specific to each instance, but are there kind of some general things that you see where people get tripped up on, on writing things that are helpful? Yeah. I think the big thing is people trying to do too much, too much at a time, too much in one topic. And it, I think it's really key that we break things down and it seems, uh, you know, it seems silly. Like I've got this topic that's one or two sentences, but that's really all you need to say. So I think that's the key is, you know, figuring out how to break it down, not include too much at once. Well, I am guilty of that many times. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it can be tough. It can be tough to sort of draw out those threads of the really key points and put them in an order that's really easy to process and then you know, the other stuff, is it important? Does it need to go somewhere else? Or is it something that, you know, maybe I don't need to say that, or maybe I need to say it in another format. It it, it reminds me, and and the quote is supposedly attributed to Mark Twain said that, you know, I did not have time to write you a short letter. So I wrote you a long letter. Um, it seems like that simplicity is just so important that, but as an expert on something, it's also that, that, that pull of like, oh, I want you to know everything yes. versus what's really essential. Right. And it's, it does take time to simplify, you know, it's uh, a lot of times I'll, you know, write out what I think. And then I go back to it later and it's like, okay, I can take this out and I can take this out and this goes over here and this goes over here. And, you know, it's a process. So that's a good quote, whether it was Mark Twain or not, I think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who knows with Mark Twain? It, it very well might have been. Uh, but yeah, and I, so I, I, I think, because you're talking about that process, right? And that you have to go through it. Um, I'm curious that for someone like me, I know I struggle. Like every sentence is my favorite baby and I don't want to throw it out. What kind of advice, and, and we'll get into the course stuff here soon, but what kind of advice would you give to someone who who tends to be a little bit more verbose and needs help? kind of cutting back? Is there, are there tricks that you would recommend or things that you could say like that have worked for you? Um, unfortunately, I'm not really sure what those are. <laughs> I suspect <laughs> that it's a very intuitive process for me, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that really helped me a lot is once I started making tutorial videos and doing my own narration and I would read things out loud. And once you read things out loud, and especially when you start thinking about what pictures do I have to show with these words, you start realizing, wow, I don't need that many words. I can say this way faster. 
Yeah, I love I love that advice to read it out loud because I think there's something about hearing the words that you can clarify them and uh, heaven knows I miss I miss words or sentences at times. So I just yeah. the editing process is good, but I think also just finding out what you can cut makes yeah. that makes a lot. And I'll of sense. tell you for, from early on in that K to twelve project that I worked on, we had a really limited number of words. We had to use the approved vocabulary for that grade level. And we had, you've got a hundred words to say this. And when you start challenging yourself to make what you have fit in that allotted space, you really find out what you can get rid of. And for, for help, there's no, there's no need for fluff. Help is all about being utilitarian and answering that question that the person has in that moment of need. If you want fluff, there might be a place for it, but it's not help. Right. Go, go uh, work in marketing or go work in, uh, write a novel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I'm curious for you, what, when does a, a training guide versus documentation is, are there fundamental differences or are there things that you like you're working with a, a one of your clients saying like, Hey, I think it should be this versus one of these other options. Anything you would can right. tell us to help us with that? Right. So I'll tell you that in my experience, I haven't had a lot of the freedom to make those suggestions. Like usually somebody will come to me and say, I want this, you know, I need help for my new product that I just made, or I need a user guide for all these changes that we just implemented. Or, you know, sometimes it's a, you know, I really need help onboarding my new customers. So I don't, I don't know that I'm as good on the, that kind of side, but I, there is an, a lot of overlap. And I, I do talk in the course about defining what your goal is. And I think if you get really clear about what you're trying to accomplish, it can be easier to sort of figure out which is the right product that you need. And I think it's important to just ask, ask the people who are going to be reading it what they need. feels like a lot of uh, going back to your needs analysis, right? Looking at what your goals are, who's your audience, what do they need? And then I'm a big fan of coming up with whatever the right del deliverable is versus a deliverable. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, you know, there's, there's time when help makes sense. There's time when um, having a training video makes sense. It's a course, face-to-face -face course, hands-on, but you have all those in your toolkit versus trying to say everything should be help or everything should right. be a training guide. Right. Right. And they have different purposes. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the course, because I think, you know, this has been a great course. I know I enjoyed going through and reviewing every step of it, you know, getting familiar with the things. Um, give us a, give us an overview, Michelle, uh, of, of what we might expect if someone goes to the course and you guys, you can go out to academy.techsmith.com right now. If you're not in the course or you're in Academy, just get your free login, go in there and you can start taking it today. So it's already there. So again, what's kind of the overview of, of your course? Sure. So the high level is, you know, we kind of talk through what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And then assuming that it is help, let's, there's three steps to the process really that I, you know, that I really use to guide my work. And the first is you kind of have to decide what to write. 
And I, I kind of glaze over this a little bit in sort of the fast pace of the course, but you've got two sides to that. You've got what topic do I need to write about? And then once I've decided on my topic, what am I going to include in that topic? And I've got a checklist. So this, I've included this checklist in the course, and it's really just a high level um, what are the chunks? I call them chunks. These are the, you know, break it down into the smallest possible bit that you can. And um, it's, you know, talking about having that title because the title is also important when, when the person is searching for, how are they going to find this content? But then I also have a, you know, why do they need to read this topic? And it really, that is really going to help them with you know, do I even need to read it? Is this going to answer my question? And then I talk about landmarks in terms of, you know, just kind of helping the reader's eye go through this article and find those key points that they're looking for. And then, of course, we're mostly talking about procedures, although I say procedures aren't everything. You're going to have those steps that walk through the process. And then it's important to include images if, you know, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth even more than that. So, you know, those, those images can really help. And then the last couple of things are, did you include too much or too little? And we kind of talked about, you know, how do you cut your darlings of those sentences that you've crafted that you think are so great that maybe are too much. But then also, I do see sometimes people including too little, like, I can't really quite follow this step because there's something missing. Um, and then just checking the readability. I say, Greg, write it for a 12 year old. I've also seen, you know, check for eighth grade level. Um, somewhere in that is, is pretty, pretty standard for how you, how you wanna make that work. And then we're gonna go into section two and it's all about style. And I've pulled up the style guide, which is just a sample that I've also included in the course. And section two about style is really about, you need to make it look good because the purpose of help is really so that people can scan quickly to find the answers to their questions. So um, the, the way that you set up your headings and the amount of white space that you have and those kinds of considerations are really important in being able to scan it quickly and being able to process just to, to kind of think through what is it that I'm reading and, you know, how do I go implement these steps? And then the third um, section of the course is all about making it easy to find because the truth is if somebody can't find this help, it doesn't matter how great you wrote it or how great it looks, it's not there. So you've really got to have some considerations in terms of, you know, are they are they going to it through a help center where you've got categories set up? Are they going to Google? You know, are they able to just, you know, in the early days, my online help, we would just have context sensitive where you press F1 from your screen and you get the help for that screen. <laughs> I so, remember those days pretty well, very yeah. well. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of an overview of... What yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm reviewing over on this screen. I've got the course open and, you know, and obviously you brought up some of the, the great highlights, but I love that it's all about thinking about how do I get my user 
or the end person that needs this information through this content quickly without Mm -hmm. misunderstanding anything, without getting lost. Because I've been, I've definitely been in help where it's like, you're like one, you feel like you're not getting helped. You feel like, oh, I'm, I'm working really hard to find my answer. Or you feel like I'm, you're getting down kind of rabbit holes and there's like yeah. so much information, but it's not really where you need to be. Like you still need to be, I need to be back on step three. And so I love that it, you know, you're a lot of the things that you're saying are great guidelines. Like I love these section, you know, lesson titles, like don't write chunk, uh, don't assume too much, don't include too much. And it's just it's so great to see it broken down with that, all that focus on helping the end user be successful. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's really all about. Right. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I really want people to take from this is being empathetic. And I've really struggled with that because as a freelancer, I don't always get that inside view or really the external view of what those customers are thinking or, you know, what they're getting for it or what they're hoping for. But I do try to always be empathetic. And a lot of times I go in as a new user to, you know, how do I use this software so that I can figure out how to write help so somebody else can figure it out? It's like when you go to look for a recipe and you just Mm -hmm. want to figure out what the ingredients are, how much you need and how long you cook it for. Yet you have to wade through Four the pages. Whole story. Yeah. <laughs> about grandma in Italy making this beautiful sauce that, you know, you had this experience, which is great, but that's the fluff, right? I like at that point, my kids are hungry. My, my family wants to eat and I'm struggling to figure out how to make something. <laughs> and yet I just want the re- recipe that's at the bottom. So yep. makes yeah, a lot I of sense. I had an experience yesterday where I went to Google looking for an answer. And it took me a full three minutes to find my answer. And most people would have given up long, long before that, you know, it's it's way too much time on how do I find this answer? Yeah. So I want to go back to, uh, talking about the style stuff. You had brought brought the style guide up, which is, um, Mm which is really, yeah. it, it's great. Cause I, I know again, form function kind of stuff, you know, oftentimes I think style can easily be overlooked. Um, and you talked a little bit about why it has to look good, like to make sure mm-hmm. people can follow through with it. Are, are there downsides or dangers with style? Obviously I think one that I think I'm thinking of is if people get so caught up on how it looks that they forget that it just needs to be functional. Sure. Any any other thoughts, Michelle? And I think that I've had a very utilitarian view towards style. I, I did spend some time when I worked for the financial services company in a desktop publishing department. So all we did was make things look good. But I think, you know, yes, there may be a downside, like you can definitely get carried away, but there's a bigger downside, I think, for not caring what it looks like. Like if you're not trying to make the heading stand out and, you know, give it a little bit of color, you can definitely get carried away. Like you're too many colors, too many fonts, too many, you know, different sizes. Yeah. I think you're saying that, you know, it's not so much uh, about, you know, getting, having some, all these fonts and things like that. So I think what I'm taking away from this though, is it's easy to go overboard. Like 
to get caught up in all the kind of ideas of design. And I love good design, right? Like I love having things that look sharp, look good, but if it's not, sir, again, going back to our kind of, if it's not serving the end user to be successful at whatever, then it's overboard. But we also don't want to ignore it because I've also, you know, if you've seen a word document that's, you know, new times Roman and there's no spacing or it's just a a jumbled mesh, that's not helpful either. It really depends on your platform. Like some of the tools that I've worked in, they don't really give you a lot of choices on the style. So it's not so much a a downside of using style as an inability, you know? Right. So let's, let's talk about that because you have worked with a lot of clients and you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you don't really get a say, you you don't get a say in certain things. You don't get to necessarily see the audience, how they react to it because, you know, you're removed from that as a, as a consultant to them. So I'm curious when you're thinking about writing help from that perspective, what, what do you do to make sure you're, you're hitting the mark versus like, I mean, do you just kind of say like, Hey, this is what I know. So I'm just going to go with it. Or are there certain things that you know you can do to make sure you're, you're achieving the goal for your client? Um, that really depends. I mean, it really depends mm-hmm. on what the, you know, what the project is and what the tool that we're documenting is like. And so it really depends. I think, um, I find it really helpful to hear, you know, like if I go to a, you know, a sprint demo with the programmers who are kind of explaining the functionality, how this works, I find that really helpful to help me understand it so that I can go and write about it. And there are other things, um, you know, just maybe somebody's made a video, like, I'm going to help this customer success person explain this better for their customers. And I can sort of pull out those threads of what are those important points that we want to have documented as reference. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, trying to find the, the information that that's already there or they can create to give to you makes a lot of sense. Thinking about, okay, we've talked a little bit about style. We've talked about, you know, lots of ways to get better at this. Um, you know, one of the things in the course, you talked about having stuff found, and I'm guessing some of this is out of your control. Uh, you know, whether, you know, it depends a lot on the end user or the customer to put it where it can be found, but why, why is that critical? And I, I, again, I think some of these seem obvious, but I think it's worth Mm -hmm. discussing because sometimes it's like, well, I made it now I'm done. That's, and I've done that before I've made it. We're good. So why is it so important that your stuff, the content you're creating can actually be found? Yeah. And I think I said earlier, it's, you know, if, if your reader can't find it, it might as well not exist. So I think that that is the key. Like if it doesn't exist, why did you bother spending time making it? Um, But there are some ways to help make sure that the person can find it. And so one of the things that I talk about is um, using categories Uh, And this just goes back to what kind of platform you're using. How many categories can you have? How can you organize things in such a way that it makes logical sense for somebody to know how to look for it? And um, the other thing that I think is so important is the invention of hyperlinks. You know, you were talking about going down a rabbit hole, which is kind of one 
maybe unintended consequence, but the the really powerful way to use them is to say, I'm only talking about this one thing right here. Here are all these other things that are related that, um, you know, you may want to go read more about them, but I don't have to do that now. I can just include a link. Yeah. I mean, and the hyperlinks, I mean, yeah, what a great, great point that you can, you can really bring in a lot of great information, but still keep your user Mm -hmm. ideally focused on, on the key information. So, um, one of the last questions I want to ask, and we'll see if there's other questions from the audience. Um, you know, it's, we look at your course and it's, you know, it's not super long in comparison to a lot of things that I've seen out there, but it's still, it's not like a eight minute course, right? Like it's going to be, I think about with the videos add up to be about 50 minutes or so. Um, when, and reading, which is, which I don't think is t- terrible. I think it's awesome because it's going to get you start to finish through content, but that's a lot. And someone here might be saying, ah, I don't want to spend that much time. What's a couple takeaways? Like what are the key foundationals that someone should focus on when they're writing helpful help? And, and maybe the course already kind of spells that out, but we'd love to hear from you, Michelle, what you think are the most important pieces. Right. I'm slightly distracted because I just got a comment, um, yesterday, I think about how, um, this person was so grateful that the course was broken down into such small bits. So yes, it's an hour, but you can do it three minutes at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm just going to say again, that one of the most important things is just to be empathetic, just Try to think about it from the reader's perspective and and get into that mindset that they need to know how to do something. You know, it's and maybe they're stuck or maybe they're exploring, but they're really trying to get past a sticking point and find out how, you know, just like you were saying with your recipe, I just want to know how to make it. You know, I just want to know how to you know, add this thing or, you know, change this record or whatever it is. So I think, I think that empathy is really important. And I think uh, breaking it down, I mean, it, you don't have to be a good writer. Just try to try to keep it into small bits that are easy to process. And I think, I think if you can break it down, it doesn't really matter what it looks like as much. You do need to make sure people can find it. And if they're going to find it through Google, that's okay. You know, there are ways you can make that work. Yeah. I mean, so. you've got a whole section on uh, the basics of SEO, which is a much, much bigger topic for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Well, so. I, I love Michelle that at the end of the day, I, I don't know how many times we've done this show, maybe 30 times. And it usually comes back to many of the answers usually come back to it's about the audience, whether you're right when you're writing a script, when you're doing PowerPoint, when you're doing, you know, all of these different things that we might talk about. And so I love the empathy piece of it that you've said, because it does feel like if we just have empathy and really think hard about what our audience needs we'll write better help, we'll make better images, we'll make better videos, we'll communicate more clearly, we'll, uh, you know, for the educators out there, they'll teach better courses or lectures. It just seems like it all always comes back to this. And and, uh, and 
I'm curious though, because, and I don't have an answer, so I'm not expecting you to either, but I'm curious, like, how do we help the person who's doing this out there to really be a little bit more empathetic than, you know, and I think I'm a pretty empathetic guy, but you know, how do I get a little bit better with that process? I'm sure it's, it's, I don't know if there's a good answer. It's hard to let go of what we know and think about what the person on the other side of the page doesn't know. So I think that's, that's sort of a mindset shift that I think that if people can sort of think about it through that lens, that, that can really help. Yeah. Just, just trying to take the time to, I think it feels like just even trying to take the time, if you're thinking about it, you're conscious of it, you're already in a, in a good direction. Um, mm -hmm. if, if not there, and I'm going to just vouch and say like, <laughs> the goal is not to be exhaustive. If yeah. There's so many other places you can go to, uh, our friends at, let's see, uh, SCM rush or, uh, Moz, you know, they sent me a sticker, uh, the other yep. day. You know, there's so many other places you can go, but it does cover some some of the foundational basics, right? It, and I'll add the story that I didn't have that in my original course because I have actually never thought about it. But you suggested it, and then I actually went to Moz Academy. It's like, okay, I need to learn a little bit about this so I can um, – look like I know something. <laughs> and, um, it's really, uh, really, I love that it got down to the same exact point. You're not trying to, you're not trying to trick the search engines. If you make good content, it's going to be good for the search engines and the humans who are reading it. Yeah, ab absolutely. That, what a, what a, what a great note. And I'll, I'll just say that um, uh, our friends at Moz, I just had a conversation with someone who worked on the Moz Academy. So we're coming full circle here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so really great, great stuff, Michelle. One last thing, and I think I, I, I think I list, missed it in my list. I do want to take just a second here. We've got a little bit of time, a couple of minutes. I want to talk about the visuals. We've sure. talked a lot about the writing, the empathy, but visuals obviously play an important role in creating good content. Um, for you, what makes a good, like, we'll, we'll stick, we'll keep it a little bit limited because we could say good image and that's, there's a thousand things, but let's say what makes for you, what's a good screenshot for you? Of course, it was obviously taken with Snagit, but that's besides yes. the point. <laughs> of course, of course. All serious so aside. The, the struggle is uh, how many images to include and how much room do you have? And back when we were writing user guides, it was, but we need to have enough to show, you know, what is it, what are, you know, what is it that we're talking about? How do we, you know, point out that we have these different things that we're talking about and what do they look like? So um, kind of moving from that user guide mentality to the online help you know, a lot of times in the early days, it was like, we don't need images in our online help because, you know, we're, we're assuming that they're looking at the screen that we're telling them about. But then if you start getting into um, making it more of a resource that might be a baseline for some more um, involved customer education content, you really do need to have those you know, the visual cues for, okay, now we're doing this, this is what it looks like, you know, here's the button that you want to click on or whatever it is. And I, you know, I do use Snagit and I think it's important to um, 
think about the size and the sort of aspect ratio of what you're trying to show so that it doesn't overwhelm your content. Because again, you're going to go back to, you want the person to be able to scan it really easily. So, you know, maybe having a picture of the whole screen isn't what you need at that moment. Maybe you just need enough to give the person context for what they're doing. Yeah. And I, I love what you said that it's, you know, you want them to be able to scan. Cause I feel like that's a, a big goal of help, right? Like I shouldn't have to maybe read every word. I should be able to get through it quickly, get what I need. Of course, if I need to, I can read every word, but and you want that to make sense. So yeah, I think that makes sense with the images. What about, um, what, I mean, a lot of help stuff is on, it's all online. So it, you know, digital media plays a role. Um, what about like animated GIFs, videos, are those things that you consider part of help or should those be separate? Absolutely. Uh, and I've, I've not done a whole lot of animated GIFs, and I think that may be a shortcoming of some of the projects that I've worked on that they really probably could have used some. Um, but I definitely have had people hire me and say, we definitely want videos. Some people want to read. Some people want to watch the video. So let's put both in there. Yeah, and videos, sure. like, but I think if you just want a quick, you know, two-minute, how do I do this, the a video is a great way to do that. Yeah. I, well, it, I think it goes back to what you're saying about showing enough to help people kind of understand where they're at in that context. A video can kind of expand that context and, and dig in a little bit. Talking about the software that you're using, obviously you mentioned Snagit and thank you so much. We, we love that you're using Snagit, of course. And, but I'm curious, like, to, to create help, what kind of software do you need to really do this? And TechSmith stuff aside, because obviously <laughs> yeah. we know what we do, but I'm curious, like, right. are there other tools that you find that are super helpful in this process? Um, no, <laughs> the short answer is no. And that's because every project that I work on has, they have a different way that they want to do things. So I've, you know, it's, it's about, your, you know, what platform are you going to publish it on? Like I've used Zendesk and Intercom and I don't even know what all different tools that we've used to like publish it. And in terms of writing it, you know, maybe I just pull up a Word document to work through my ideas or I'm a big Evernote fan. So I do a lot of drafting in Evernote and, you know, it's, uh, about getting the words, it's just whatever works for you and can work with whatever platform you're going to publish it on. Yeah, which I think also makes uh, writing help, helpful content or help content, you know, so great because you don't have to be a specialist in any of this. You don't have to, you know, you've, you've yeah. got notes or, you know, a notepad or Evernote, like yeah. you said, or OneNote yeah. or Word yeah. or like 12 other <laughs> tools <laughs> and a literal I'm, notepad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I have my little, um, it's a called Rocket Book. It's erasable, uh, oh. reusable notebook that you can digitally send to, you know, you can send it to Dropbox or Evernote or whatever. And I like to write a lot of things by hand. I mean, I'm just sort of old fashioned that way. No, no, no. We, we like handwritten <laughs> notes. I've, I've moved away from it quite a bit lately, uh, especially being at home, but like I've got, I mean, I'll just pull these up here. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I do a lot of this. Um, so no, I don't. And I think that's, that's awesome because I think what I love is that at the end of the day, this isn't about using necessarily the technology. Although I think the technology screenshots, GIFs, videos, yeah. all, yeah. It, you know, having a style guide, it's going to be probably digital content, but having the information, getting it out and conveying it is what is the most important. And there's right. so many ways to, in that process to at least get it down on paper. So it's awesome. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for all your wonderful insights. And uh, again, thank you for being part of the TechSmith Academy and creating your course. I, I I hope everyone is walking away from when they hear this, see this, listen to this, that uh, they'll be inspired to go out and learn because there's so many great things. And, I, and again, I just want to emphasize, even if you're not writing help all the time, Michelle, thank you so much because there's so many good pieces of information that I think will help if you're a learning designer, uh, you're, you know, a marketer, you're doing whatever role you're doing, customer education, there's good stuff there. Yep. I appreciate that. And thank you for the opportunity to share this and have this audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, everyone go check out the TechSmith Academy. We want to thank Michelle for her wonderful and awesome work. Uh, you can just go to academy.techsmith.com and you can find it. It's the very first course, Writing Helpful Help. And she is uh, going to, you'll see Michelle's uh, face right there. And she's going to walk you through all those great things that we talked about and many more today. 